Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bon, and this is a podcast about video game news, speculation reviews, and whatever else I feel like talking about. This week, we'll be talking about Witcher 3's big update, a little Starfield info, Ubisoft Star Wars news, and much more. A few things before we get started. Subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, please review and rate the show. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment on your thoughts, or just say hello. A huge thank you to supporter-level patrons PK, The Dawn, and Caged Nephilim, as well as special thanks to producer-level patron Hassan. If you're interested in supporting this podcast and getting ad-free episodes, please check out patreon.com slash Diesel. There are one, five, and ten dollar tiers. Okay, let's get into the gaming news. Okay, so first we have The Witcher 3 has gotten its big, uh, monumental, uh, highly anticipated uh, current-gen upgrade. Uh, so on uh, PS5 and Xbox Series X, I believe Series S as well, um, you have uh, a performance mode and a graphics mode, basically. Uh, the graphics mode... Uh, I believe has it should have ray tracing. It's 30 FPS. Uh, the performance mode is 60 FPS, uh, and it just it looks a little bit nicer. Um, I, I've jumped in and played a bit of this, so uh, just to be totally clear, my history with The Witcher hasn't been like super great. Um, I've tried the I've started this game up probably, gosh, at this point it's it's had to have been four or five times, and. Um, I just have never connected to it. I always kind of blamed it on not playing it when it was popular. And, um, you know, so when they announced this upgrade, I kind of thought like, oh, okay, I can get into it finally, right? And then uh, it came out. I, I put in a few hours, and I just don't think it's a good game. Uh, I Actually, let me <laughs> That's probably controversial. I think it's a fine game. I'm sure it's great. There's... Obviously, I'm the one who's wrong, right? Because it's some people, it's, they think it's the best game ever made. Um, I just, I don't find the characters that interesting. I find his, like, voice and his, like, um, the way the, uh, you know, the Geralt acts to be, like, kind of annoying. Like, it's kind of cringy. I think the combat is atrocious in this game. It's just not satisfying, even a little bit. Um... And I think the graphics in this update are terrible. It's really interesting. Like, so I tried it in the ray tracing mode and, and, and like the lighting. I mean, it looks, it looks incredible. Like the lighting looks good. The character models don't though. Like it's so interesting to me that, um, this was, I thought supposed to be this big, like update and to make it all look like, you know, maybe it wasn't a full remake, but still just the textures you would think would look a little better, the models and stuff. And I, don't think they do. I I actually had to double check to make sure I had the updated version because I didn't think I did, and I did. Um, so I played. Uh, so the ray tracing mode, like it looks really good until you move anything. It may be getting thirty FPS. I guess I'm on a Series X. I it doesn't feel like it. It's a it, it's a bad feeling thirty FPS if it is. Um, and so all those things together, I just. I still just, I just still don't get it. I still just don't understand 
the draw to this game and why it's so legendary to people. Uh, especially when there's games out there like Red Dead Redemption 2 and stuff. Obviously, there was a decent time gap between them releasing, but um, it just amazes me that this game gets the talk it gets, and there's some other games that don't. Um, I, I must be missing something, because the people who do love this game, uh, it's not like I think they're dumb or anything. I think you know most of them I respect highly, you know? I just... You know, in every previous attempt to get into this game, couldn't get into it. And then now this last attempt, like, I'm just flabbergasted. Like, I don't I don't understand why people love this game. Um, you know, I, I haven't gotten deep enough into it to, I guess, to really get into the characters and the story. But like, I, I, I mean, I've tried repeatedly. <laughs> I just can't. So it, it's a it's a really interesting thing where I thought for sure with the updated graphics and uh, and they've changed some other things as well. I thought for sure it was going to be like, OK, this is when I'll finally get into it. And I almost did. I even remember I played for a couple hours and I remember I was like riding, you know, uh, roach to the next whatever thing I was doing. And I was like, OK, I'm kind of getting a feel for this. I'm I don't want to turn this off. I want to play. Uh, and then something just happened and I just was like really annoyed and just couldn't get into it. And um, it was just a combination of everything, the way it looks, the way it plays, the way it sounds. Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm just a hater. Uh, so so this will be a good time uh, if you're on YouTube to leave a comment down below. Let me know what you think of The Witcher. Like, like if you like it, tell me why. Um, if you don't, you know, tell me why. Um, I, I'm really curious to just get those takes because I just don't get it. And I, I didn't get it before when I tried. And I definitely don't get it now. So... So there's that. If you're already a fan of The Witcher 3, I'm sure this update is great. Um, I just think it's extremely underwhelming. I, I, I found it to... Uh, I, was, I was really surprised with how not good it felt. Um, and this is coming from someone who, a year and a half ago, got really into the Mass Effect Legendary Edition uh, remaster, which was mostly like AI remaster and was mostly focused on the first game that's like way older than Witcher 3. Um, and then, you know, they, they improved less in the second game and even less in the third. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I think Mass Effect looks better than this does uh, in, in as much as it can, obviously, especially the first game is so outdated that uh, it can only do so much. But like the character models and stuff, um, I don't know. I don't get it. So. So there's my there's my rant for the week. Uh, I, I'm I'm glad you uh, decided to put up with me. Uh, now you can put up with me talking about something I don't barely know anything about, and we're going to talk about Armored Core Six. Uh, so there was a lot of chatter this week about how um, at the Game Awards they showed a Armored Core Six uh, trailer. Uh, this is this is a game that's been rumored forever. Um, it's coming from From Software, uh, who. You know, when the Armored Core games one through five came out, like they're legendary because a lot of people, especially like my age and older, know them and, and probably played them. I remember playing uh, maybe on the PS2, probably on the PlayStation one. If there was one, I can't remember. I know I've played Armored Core. I just don't remember when. And I remember them like being like kind of janky, not very good games, to be totally honest. Um, now, I was so young that I didn't really understand the point of the game. Right. So I'm sure that was a huge part of that judgment. But I don't remember this being all that great. And I've you know, seen 
you know, other talking heads in the gaming community saying the same thing. So it's, it's kind of funny that there's this big, um, this big hubbub uh, about this coming. Um, but it is notable that today's, you know, from software is, is not, you know, is not that after Elden Ring and, and obviously the success of the souls games, but then the monumental success of Elden Ring. Um, I mean, they've obviously, taken a step up and the chatter around armored core six after it was announced was oh they're going to do what they've been doing best and apply the souls treatment to this game uh because that's what they're doing well and then this week uh, they came out and basically said um that no that's not going to be the case this is going to be you know, a more traditional style game. It's not being, it's different people working on it. There's even some rumors right now that this game is like almost done, if not done and being polished. Um, and so that it could come, you know, as early as like early 2023, almost assuredly, but it may just kind of come whenever they feel like releasing it. Um, you, you see Nintendo do this a lot where they have games finished but they're getting plenty of revenue and they don't really need a new revenue stream. So they'll just hold off on games that are completely done uh, for months, if not years. Uh, so maybe we're dealing with the same situation here. I have to imagine Elden Ring is still pulling in crazy amounts of cash, especially after winning the Game of the Year award um, at the biggest show, the Game of the Year, uh, the, the Video Game Awards. Um, and then they have a DLC coming as well, which is uh, going to have you know a, a big uh, input on revenue as well so um my hype level for this is is kind of you know remembering those old games but then also assuming that whatever they do now will be bigger and better and more grand um so i'm definitely curious i'm just not um i'm not putting all my hopes and dreams into this game i'm going to assume it's gonna be fine uh, and, and we'll just have to, uh, we'll have to wait and see how it turns out from there. So, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you give us a well-made game with giant mechs blowing each other up, I mean, what, like the worst that can be is what, like a six out of 10, Hey, that's a passing grade. I'll take it. And I will, uh, happily play that now to play it. You, you may need some hardware. And so, um, you know, there's been a lot of reviews coming out about the new AMD Radeon GPUs. Um, if you pay attention to the, the PC hardware space, um, it's been a really interesting one. Um, they have been... NVIDIA is really kind of like the bully um, in, in the China shop who's just throwing everyone around and breaking everything. Um, you know, they just released uh, the 4090 and now the 4080. Um, and this 4090, the problem is, is that with their with the NVIDIA cards, they're wildly powerful. They're wildly impressive from like a stat base, like from like the frames they can get and the games they can run at like insane levels. But the thing is, is that they haven't, at least from the outside, like really innovated. They've just put more power and then, you know, because of that power, because it's it's not like more efficient, uh, they, they've they, you know, these cards are gigantic. Like these cards are so big, they won't fit into like most PC cases um, because they're so huge to cool them down because they get so hot because they're not very efficient. And so 
it, it really seems like uh, this this need to continue making things faster and more powerful has led NVIDIA down the route or the route of just making it bigger and more powerful, but not actually making it better. And, and, and so that's going to have to change because like the 5,000 series of cards that comes out in two years or whatever can't be bigger than the 4,000 series. They can't. They can't be bigger uh, because you simply won't be able to fit them into machines. Um, you know, there, there's going to be a point where they're going to have to like you're going to have to have your GPU in like a separate box and then run, you know, your uh, your your PCI uh, Express or, you know, whatever uh, cord like into your PC desktop and have your like your GPU is going to be like on in a different case or something. Um, so on the other side of that, we have, well, there's technically three sides right now of the GPU market. There's there's NVIDIA, there's AMD with the Radeon series, and there's technically Intel. Um, Intel is just now getting um, in, into the, uh, the, the the game. They're, they're just now getting into, um, you know, kind of figuring out um, what they are doing and... Um, they're not really there yet. So like, AMD is trying to break into this market, right? They, they've been trying for a long time and it's not, they haven't even been trying. It's, Nvidia has dominated it for a majority of, you know, the last you know, 20, 30 years. But um, AMD has had like ups and downs. And at times they've had some really, really good cards or even just a couple of generations ago, uh, they were considered extremely competitive, but Nvidia, especially in recent years, at least from a power point of view has really dominated. The issue is, is that people have really felt like there's a chance for AMD to kind of reclaim uh, some space here. And this is also probably, probably why Intel decided to jump in now in that NVIDIA has gotten pretty nutty with their pricing, where their top-end card, the 3090, is over $1,500, uh, which is insane. That, that's so much money when only a few years ago, uh, maybe more than I want to realize, you know, you could get a top-end card for six or $700, or you can make a very good PC gaming build for like under a thousand bucks. And now... To have one of the upper end cards, that's that's you're gonna pay at least that, if not fifty percent more, for one of the top end GPUs. So, with that, you know, AMD uh, they 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 used to do this with their CPUs as well. Always tried to be like the budget option, and especially with their CPUs in recent years were not only the budget option, but were the better option. Now with the last gen of CPUs, it looks like Intel has definitely kind of uh, caught back up both in power and price. Um, and, and everyone was really hoping that with NVIDIA being so insane with their GPU prices, that AMD would come in with some crazy performance and the better price. And they kind of have with these. So. Um, you know, th these new cards, this is 7,900 XT, and then there's an XTX as well. I believe they're, uh, 900 and $1,200. Um, you know, they're, they're very powerful. They, they are comparable to the 3090, uh, especially the XTX, but not quite. So even with them, you know, doing the better thing with the, the, the price, you know, AMD, when you look at the feature set and stuff, and, and now you're looking at some of these reviews and such, it seems like 
they're like almost there, but they're not. And it seems like the vibe has been over the last like, you know, couple of generations that if you're just looking to game, then the, the Radeon cards are great. The, 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 in fact, they're, they can be really, really good. Um, but if you're looking for the best ray tracing, if you care about that, if you're looking for the NVENC uh, encoder, uh, that is a pretty big deal for streamers uh, and uh, people who make videos, it, it doesn't have it. Um, and, and that may not matter as much soon as like AV1 uh, and stuff becomes more popular. But uh, that NVIDIA is just it's the premium product and it is the better product. But right now you're paying for it. And it seems like these cards, like it's one of those things where it's good that they are there to compete, to keep NVIDIA honest and to try to. Uh, you know, keep the market fair or keep it honest to a point. Um, it, it, it just, um, you know, they, they just aren't really doing it uh, the way people would like, at least people would like a, uh, a really clear option of to, to really see them compete hard. But I suspect uh, even with NVIDIA losing EVGA, which was at least my personal favorite brand, um, even with them having these crazy expensive cards, uh, even like like the 4060, 4060 Ti, where the 60 Ti's are where I tend to sit with uh, with the cards I buy. You know, before they were like three or four hundred bucks. I bet these new ones, these 4000 series are going to they're probably going to be like six hundred dollars, uh, which is insane. Right. Um, and I'm probably not going to buy one. I have a 3060 Ti. It is perfectly fine for my needs. Um, and so it's one of those things where you hope that this provides enough competition to to try to get NVIDIA to, to chill out. Um, but with the DLSS and their better ray tracing handling and their NVENC encoder and just their better power, just their better cards and architecture in general, they probably won't be. And Intel is you know, going to take a couple of generations to even begin to compete uh, on the level of AMD, let alone actually compete with NVIDIA. So I, I wish them luck, but they're probably going to need a lot of it. Uh, who may also need a lot of luck is the Starfield team. And so we got um, a new video this week with them doing an interview um, with, with Will Shin um, and them talking uh, about uh, a few things with Starfield. So, you know, everyone's desperate for uh, a release date. Everyone's desperate for more details. Everyone's desperate for more gameplay and stuff like that. I think more than anything, people are just desperate to play this game who are like excited about it. Right. Um, I only need, I don't, I don't need to hear anything else about Starfield. I, I I'm sold. It's a Bethesda game. It's in space. Uh, I won't have a new Mass Effect game for like three years or four years. Uh, and this is hopefully coming before that. Um, you know, I, I'm ready. I, if I don't hear another thing about Starfield before it comes out, perfect. Totally cool with me. Um, I've already heard too much. Uh, and these videos are interesting because they're like little Q&As. And it is cool to get a dev on screen answering questions in a, what seems like an unscripted way. But they always provide so little tangible info that they feel kind of like anticlimactic, but it's still fine. And so uh, the stuff that we found in this one was um, that, that there are quests that will take you back to Mars, which was where the first colony was settled in this in this timeline. Uh, and we will also go back to Earth. We there, we will visit Earth and Earth. Um, as far as they 
talked about is like desolate is destroyed that that's why the uh, humans are living all over um the the, the galaxy so um, they also talked about uh, there being random encounters um, with new towns and settlements on any planet. Um, and, and so th- that was a part of a discussion of uh, a big thing in the Fallout games has always been that you could just be walking through the middle of nowhere and happen upon or have someone approach you. Uh, that it'd be maybe a mission or just a random encounter or just some environmental storytelling. And they, they seem to be pretty confident that that will still be a thing in these game in this game, um, joining factions won't lock you out of others talking about um, in, in the story. Apparently you will kind of dabble into each faction uh, as, as part of the story um, that will give you a chance to kind of get a feel for them all before you go like all in on aligning with one or the other. Um, and that, uh, that player decisions will affect whether other main characters live and die, which is always, again, been a theme of RPGs in general, especially Western RPGs and especially Bethesda games. Um, the, the conversation about Starfield is so interesting. I was just watching a podcast, um, uh, the kind of funny day daily podcast. And there were people in the comments talking about Starfield being like, Oh, I, I just have no faith that this game is going to be good. I think it's going to be bad. And like, that's such a weird take because Bethesda has arguably never made a bad game. And when I brought that up, one of the other chatters said like, well, fallout four was kind of bad. Fallout four has like an 89 Metacritic score. <laughs> um, it's not the best game that Bethesda's ever made. And it's not even, it's not the best fallout game, um, but it was still very good for a Bethesda game. It was okay for a game. It was incredible. Um, and even to this day, if you go back and play that, like it holds up and it's fun. It, it, they made big leaps with the base building, with the voiced um, protagonist, things like that, that I understand. And the story wasn't quite as deep as some of the other ones or wasn't as intricate, maybe, as some of the other ones. Um, but it was still an excellent game. It was so good. Um, and and so uh, and then the other point is always Fallout 76. Fallout 76, the more you learn about that game and that it was like a co-development project, it kind of just seemed like a proof of concept that they tried to do this thing that, especially when they started developing it, was kind of a fad. Uh, And they just didn't really go all in like they would with one of their mainline games. Um, It's definitely concerning. But that game doesn't make me worried about Starfield. Starfield's obviously been the star of the show, no pun intended, for their studio and and things like that for for a long time. They started making it after Fallout 4 was done. So it's been a while. Um, I'm just I'm so excited for this game. Uh, Maybe I'm biased for it in that, like, I can already tell you that if it's at least as good as fallout four, I'll be, I'll be more than happy. Um, I, I'll be jumping for joy, honestly. Um, and I think it'll be even better than that to be totally honest. I I'm very confident in this game being very good, whether it's going to be a masterpiece or be the best game I've ever played or have the most emotional in-depth story I've ever had. I mean, that's to find out and that may not happen, but I'm still really excited about it. And I think you should be too. Something else I'm excited about is the uh, Ubisoft massive Star Wars game. And so we don't know basically anything about this. There's even been some leaks and rumors that basically ended up getting found to be completely false and untrue and uh, just BS, basically. 
And so what we know now, uh, well, it's very little, but we do have Massive, as you see if you're watching uh, the YouTube version of this podcast, um, making a tweet that says, we are looking for playtesters of the Star Wars project. If you live near Malmo, we would love for you to sign up. And then they have a little sign up, uh, little sign up bar there, or link, uh, if you want to do that. So... Um, one, if you don't know, uh, Ubisoft Massive is based in Malmo, Sweden. It's the studio that, that has done Division 1 and 2. Um, it's also the studio who back in the day did a, a World in Conflict uh, and some other projects. They worked on Far Cry 3, the multiplayer, I believe, things like that. So obviously, if you don't live in Sweden or Copenhagen, um, th this isn't very useful to you. But what it should tell you is that they're pretty far along in the game. If they're having playtesters come in, um, they could still be in like a prototyping phase. From what I'm aware of, it sounds like a, most of the devs on the Star Wars game were on the Division 2. And as we found out, you know, basically after the Warlords of New York uh, DLC came out for the Division 2, uh, that was the mark of when most of the devs left that that project and went to a unannounced project at the time which was star wars so my guess is that this game is it is probably nearing the end of development of like full production and is probably getting to the point where i'd say maybe late 2023 early 2024 we may actually see this thing so um it's exciting. Uh, I know there's a lot of people who have, have kind of made jokes about like, oh, it's probably just going to be the Division 2 with a Star Wars skin. Well, if that's what it is from a gameplay perspective and it gets rid of the just impossible to do well looter stuff and all of that, if this is a Star Wars like bounty hunting game with all of the gameplay mechanics of the Division 2, like you know, movement, cover, uh, all of the shooting, all of that, then this will be a very, very good game to play. <laughs> like, um, I'm really excited because I think that there's a lot of people at Ubisoft Massive who want to be able to tell like really cool stories um, and not worry about balancing PvP and balancing loot tables and stuff like that, uh, but instead just want to make like really fun games to play with good stories. Um, and I think this is going to be their chance to really, really flex that, uh, at least the, the Division 2 team. Obviously, there's the Avatar team, which Massive is also making the Avatar game. But that team was essentially hired like separately. There's not very many Division 2 devs working on Avatar, as far as I know. I, I don't want to pretend like I know every person who works on either project. But I believe it's mostly Division 2 devs on Star Wars. And it's mostly a fresh development team on Avatar. And so... Uh, you know, the Avatar side of things will, will be what it is, but the Star Wars game I'm really excited for because the gameplay is almost certainly going to be amazing. Uh, the art and environmental design is almost guaranteed to be amazing. It's just we're going to have to see how the story plays out and, and how they represent that world. And I'm super excited. Uh, and if you're a Star Wars fan or if you just like good games, I think you should probably be fairly excited as well. What I'm also excited about are some Twitch updates. So uh, Twitch had a patch notes stream uh, on Thursday, and we found um, they, they talked about some cool stuff. Um, so they talked about the recaps. If you uh, watch uh, people on 
stream on Twitch, or if you stream yourself, you'll know in the last week or so, it's been the fashionable thing uh, to post all your recaps of all the streams you watched and who watched you and, and all that fun stuff. And uh, it, it was honestly, a, it's pretty cool to see all those little analytics and stuff like that. Um, and they, they were pretty proud of that. Um, they talked about they have a charity tool now where um, instead of having to use like Streamlabs or some other uh, thing, um, you can do charity stuff straight through uh, your your Twitch uh, stream. Uh, they talked about here how uh, they're, they're, they have a, over 95,000 U.S. charity fundraising options and 38,000 global ones. Um, th there was a bit of controversy about this. There was a, a group from, I believe it's from England, um, called like the LGB Alliance or something, where it's uh, technically classified as a hate group because it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a group that is anti-trans. Um, if you want to look into how um, some of those divisions are happening and stuff like that, this isn't the place for that discussion um i don't know enough about that i'm not uh i i feel like i know a little bit because i've tried to look into it and just because i want to be informed uh that that's for you to look up but people were pretty upset about that um i think it's still there so i think that they're kind of um allowing uh even somewhat uh, controversial charities to be on this um there is also the um uh, a group called autism speaks uh, which I'm actually fairly familiar with because it's pretty close to my job, um, that that population and, and all of that. And even that one is controversial for reasons that I'm not getting into either. I don't think it is, but I understand why it is to some people. It's a super complicated topic. Uh, so uh, it's it's kind of, to me, I guess the, the gist of this story for me was that they, they tried to do a good thing here and I think they are and I think they're making they're probably raising a ton of money for a bunch of great charities but uh, it's kind of a damned if you do or damned if you don't thing um, the, and they talked more about their their charity tool it, it was funny uh, they, they they deleted the tweet if you're if you're uh, if you look at the thread from this but they have a persistent gold tool thing uh, which is really cool so if you watch most streamers especially smaller streamers they'll have like a sub goal so like every time they stream they want to get five subs or something and the way that's been done I mean I've been streaming for oh gosh it's been six or seven years now uh, you would have a little bar on your stream that like you know at the bottom of the screen or under your camera or something that would that would track your your progress on how many subs you got that day or or whatever however you're measuring it well now um twitch has for a while allowed you to make your goal through the stream and then you could display it with like a uh, with a little bar on your screen the way we always have well now they're they made it so you can display that like on your actual stream like on the outside of the screen like down in your info area and that's awesome because like for me, I used to have like this like super elaborate, really complicated, really convoluted, like way over, uh, you know, it was just this like really crowded stream uh, template when I would stream. And I've gotten to the point now where now I have my camera and I have a little bit of chat underneath it and I had a sub bar, a sub tracking bar. Well, now I can get rid of that and I have like almost a completely clean screen. So you can see my ugly mug, you can see some chat um, and you can see what I'm doing, what I'm playing, whatever. And uh, I think that's really cool. I think that's how it should be. Um, you know, I personally, I'm not trying to get rich off of streaming and stuff like that. And so, you know, the subs help, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at maybe, you know, purchasing some things soon to improve all of my content, not just streams, but especially my YouTube videos and, um, you know, podcasts and stuff like that. 
And so uh, I thought that that was a really cool announcement. And then they went into some detail on a thing they have that's called Shield Mode. Um, and it's a, essentially a, a customizable tool where you can hit like one button and it clears chat. It sends it into subscriber only mode. It bans people who have like done like anything nefarious. It's this really interesting tool because uh, there was a lot of issues with hate raids and Twitch uh, over the last couple of years where uh, essentially you know, awful humans would intentionally like raid channels of, uh, like minority people or, 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 or various types of people, um, really anyone and just to harass them and stuff like that. And that really sucked. That, that's not how it should be. So, um, Twitch catches a lot of crap. Uh, most of that crap comes from the fact that they're owned by Amazon and that the, the thinking is that, well, if, if you're owned by Amazon, uh, who is run and owned by the richest human on earth, then why, why does it seem like they're always behind on stuff? And so when it came to the harassment, when it came to just features and things like that, they've always been behind. Well, with this stuff, it seems like they're kind of getting back on it. Um, you know, it, the, the truth is that people don't want to recognize is that Twitch Twitch is probably pretty tight with its money. And I bet Amazon doesn't give it a ton of leeway and a ton of resources because like the video hosting and stuff like that is so expensive. And so I'm sure Twitch costs Amazon a ton of money to just exist. So then when they are probably begging the higher ups for money and resources to implement features and, and things like that, they probably get a lot of pushback. Uh, so people shouldn't be that surprised that um, Twitch is slow to react sometimes and seems to be inconsistent and not super organized because they're that's not by design, but that's probably by consequence of, I bet they don't have unlimited funds like people think they do. So um, I'm still pulling for them. I still much prefer watching streams on Twitch. Uh, streams on YouTube are rough. Um, I, I, I wish I could switch over to YouTube so I could have all of my content on YouTube and podcast and not have it in three places, uh, Twitch, YouTube and podcast. But I just I found the, the YouTube streaming experience just so awful and just so like and even after they pulled Dr. Lupo and, and all these big streamers from Twitch, they implemented a couple OK changes pretty quickly. And it still sucks. Like I even looked at it recently to see about streaming on YouTube and it's just like, like you have to like schedule your stream and like it, there, there's not like a simple way to do like emotes and stuff. Like you have to be partnered, but partners, you know, getting to be verified on YouTube is harder than you think. I've been doing videos for years. I have you know hundreds of videos and I only have like half the viewership you need to get verified. Uh, and, and I'm trying, like I'm trying to get it and it's just not happening. So I'm um, good on Twitch. I'm glad that they're at least trying. Uh, so in a couple non-gaming, not entirely non-gaming related stories, uh, we had the Spider-Man across the uh, Spider-Verse trailer come out. Um, I love the the Spider-Verse movie that came out a few years ago. Um, it's one of my favorite movies ever. It just is. It's not just animated, not just superhero not just uh just one of my favorite movies ever and this trailer if you haven't seen it already um please go see it please watch it uh and be hyped for the next movie um if you haven't seen the first movie it's an animated film uh and it's just it's just so good um i'm not even really into animated movies i'm not really super in the spider-man uh but this was super good and this trailer was also very very good 
And the last thing here is Kojima is doing Kojima things once again. Uh, Death Stranding is getting a movie, uh, and it's going to be uh, obviously involving Kojima uh, and uh, Barbarian's Hammerstone Studios. So um, we've known for a long time that Kojima, uh, while he obviously still is is very passionate for uh, making games and stuff like that, he's been very, very, very obviously uh, you know, trying to get into the film world by having all of these famous actors and actresses in his video games, uh, by, you know, editing all of his own trailers and things like that. Like he's, he's trying to get into that world and obviously has been for a long time. And it seems like that's finally happening. Um, if you've seen death stranding, if you've seen gameplay or if you've even played it, um, it seems like a pretty natural thing to try to make a movie out of, um, more than anything. I'm just happy for Kojima. He's finally going to get to do the thing that he really seems like he cares a lot more about than video games. Uh, we'll always, you know, feel I'll, I'll always feel like we missed out on a good Metal Gear Solid game because that series, with all of its just wild twists and turns, uh, I think could have been such such a good uh, movie adaptation, especially in the today's world of all of these incredible gaming movie adaptations. That um, you know, between you know, Sonic and and Pokemon and um, and, you know, and, and all these other ones, it's just, it's pretty crazy. And so, um, it, it's really exciting to see all of that happening. And, uh, and I'm, I'm curious to see what comes of this. Okay. So, um, that's all I have for the news, uh, for listener questions. We didn't get any this week. I recorded this earlier than the normal, um, cause I'm not really sure what my weekend looks like. Uh, if you have any questions, if you have any uh, topics, if you have any news stories you want me to cover, uh, you can post them in my Discord. The link is in the description of this show. You can post them on my Twitter, in the YouTube comments, in the YouTube community tab. You can email me. My email is in my uh, my link tree on uh, on Twitter at Bond Diesel. Uh, you know, let me know. I'm happy to basically talk about anything uh, as long as you give me enough time to get it on the show roster here. So. Um, please do that uh, for polls. Um, I did a poll kind of talking about the future, um, which I'll cover here in a minute um, for content updates. Uh, if you guys don't know who Mike Minotti is, he is a writer for GamesBeat. Um, he's he's uh, he's also a streamer on uh, on Twitch, and he does uh, a bunch of, like a couple of podcasts with Jeff Grubb. Um, he's one of my favorite like games media people. Um, I really appreciate his kind of laid back style and stuff. Um, he had a feature on his Twitch where if you accumulated 50,000 uh, points while watching his stream, he would send you a, a, a Mike Minotti Christmas card. And sure enough, I got those 50,000 points and I got my Christmas card. So big, big thanks to Mike Minotti. He goes by uh, Tolkodo on Twitch. So go check him out. Um, for content, I have been putting out a pretty consistent uh, series of Mass Effect videos, taking um, relatively small topics from the N7 day, uh, fairly small p- bits of that news, and expanding on it. So I've got four or five of those videos. I think I just crossed the 50 video mark for my Mass Effect playlist on YouTube. So if you're interested in Mass Effect, I'm trying to be a good uh, place to uh, to get news, uh, to hear speculation and to discuss 
the next game and, and so on and so forth. So go check that out. Uh, while we wait for Mass Effect, I do plan on going pretty heavy next year into Starfield coverage, um, whether it's just gameplay videos, whether it's uh, reviews and kind of discussions about uh, particular parts of the game. Uh, I may do guides. I've never been a guides person. So if I feel that desire come upon me, maybe I'll do some stuff like that. But uh, regardless, I'm just excited to talk about Starfield, probably a whole bunch next year. Um, and then we come to the end of the year stats and 2023 goals. So um, across all of um, I, I had growth in 2022 across uh, you know YouTube, especially uh, a little bit on Twitch. Um, the podcast had uh, like moderate growth. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what I want, you know, like I'm not trying to make this my full-time gig. I'm not trying to, um, become the, the biggest name in anything. Um, but it is exciting. Now I have like thought about what I want to focus on and things like that. So I, I did a poll, um, on YouTube and on Twitter and I kind of combined the results where I just said like, what content should I focus on? Uh, we got around a hundred responses and we had about 57% said YouTube, uh, 27% said the podcast and 16% said Twitch. And this would, I was, I'm basically planning on using this as my like guide on what to focus on for the next year. Um, and this is kind of where I've been, um, just like in general, I've, I've been trying to put out one or two videos a week on YouTube, make sure I'm putting up shorts. Uh, I try to upload, uh, my VODs whenever I stream to YouTube and I try to put the podcast up as well. Well, I always put up the podcast. Um, and then I have been trying to focus a little bit on the podcast. Like this weekly show that I'm currently doing, um, is a lot of fun. I enjoy doing the recap. Um, I also have done, if you haven't seen them, I suggest going back and looking. I, I did a decent number of interviews this year. I, I think we did what four or five of them. Um, and that was a lot of fun. We had Mark Dara, we had N7 legend on with Kate Hartfield. Um, and, and we got to, uh, to do a bunch of that, uh, next year I already have, a couple people um, lined up. Uh, I have someone from the division, uh, from uh, the Mass Effect community who I plan on having on. Um, there's someone from the division community I'd like to have on just to talk about content creation and stuff. Uh, there's uh, a, a pretty high ranking EA person uh, who I want to bring on to talk about uh, their job at EA and, and kind of what they do there. Uh, and to try to beg them to give me access to Bioware stuff uh, when the time comes, uh, as well as N7 Legend. I'm sure he and I will talk uh, whenever there's Mass Effect news. Um, I expect there to be Mass Effect news around E3. And so I suspect next summer uh, you'll have uh, N7 Legend and I doing another show together. Um, as for the rest of this year, 2022, uh, I'm recording this on the 16th of December. Um I plan on doing an episode every Friday. Uh, I, I don't think I'm going to take uh, Christmas off or anything. I should do an episode the next two weeks. Um, these don't take me that long to do. I'll be off work for a little while. So uh, the, the actual release moment may be a little different. But um, so, you know, I'll still be reaching out uh, next. You know, the next two weeks could be a little weird um, with news. Uh, so the podcast may be short. I don't expect there may be some gaming news to talk about next week before Christmas. But that week between Christmas and New Year's, I don't expect much. So maybe we'll 
we'll do like a recap. I'll bring up some stats or uh, we'll kind of look at all the biggest stories of uh, 2022. Maybe I'll do uh, like my favorite games of 2022 or something uh, for that final show of the year. And we'll keep on cranking uh, through 2023. So expect podcasts every week. Expect interviews as well. Expect a whole bunch of YouTube content. Uh, so please follow me over there and subscribe. Uh, and it'll probably keep being a thing where I stream on Twitch whenever I can. Um, I like to stream at least once a week. Uh, twice a week would be ideal. And then also streaming uh, events uh, like Summer Game Fest, uh, like E3 video game awards, Gamescom, stuff like that, uh, and any showcases that pop up. I'm expecting an Xbox showcase uh, towards the beginning of uh, 2023. Uh, I would expect that Ubisoft one as well, because I feel like they've been borderline dead silent. Uh, and so we'll have to wait for some of that stuff. Regardless, uh, we're going to start wrapping things up. So thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for sticking it out, uh, whether you listen every week or you catch shows when you can. Uh, I really do appreciate it, um, and, and I really hope we can keep uh, keep on chugging along. So uh, please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform, and if you're on Spotify or iTunes, uh, please rate the podcast. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, and comment down below uh, to say hi uh, and just help out the algorithm, or you can ask a question. That's fine, I guess. You can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including on Twitter, YouTube, Instagram, and over on Twitch. If you're interested in supporting the show, my other content, and getting ad-free episodes, please check out the Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash Bond Diesel. And if you can wait till the, if you're on a podcast, at the end of the episode, the way I'm doing ads is one ad at the beginning and then six at the end. So if you're done after I'm done talking here, if you if you just want to let those play, you know, mute or whatever, I don't care. Uh, it'd be really cool because uh, I try to backload them uh, so that they don't bother people, basically. So that's up to you, though. Uh, but anyways, that's all I have. So until next time. I'm <laughs> sorry.